Hello to the amazing person hearing this podcast right now. I want to personally tell you that I love you. Heavenly Vision Church loves you. And of course, God loves you. Our hope and prayer is that through this message, you feel God's love and his presence. Whether you are in your car, at home, working out, or wherever you may be, open your heart to receive this message from the Lord. rest of my life. Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever. Numbers chapter 6. Find yourself in verse 22. Yeah. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. I'm reading out of the King James Version. Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Go to verse 22. Pages are beginning to silence. Prayerfully, we're all on the right app. Hallelujah. You know, when you really love somebody, you 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 shouldn't move so easily away from the thought of loving them. Like, I can't just say I love Karen and then go on to talking about something else. I get to thinking about how she loved me back. I get to thinking about how I've had to fight for that love. I, I, hallelujah. And I'm, I'm just thankful. Anybody beside me thankful for the love of God? Because it ain't even about the fact that I've loved him. <laughs> hallelujah. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying on this wise, Ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them. For a few moments, we want to talk on the subject, the legacy of blessing. 
the legacy of blessing. All, all this, this past month, we have been on the series Legacy. Uh, I have not been by myself in this uh, series. I thank God for Minister DeMarcus earlier uh, in October doing an amazing job. Amen. Getting on the plane, fighting off the tarmac. Uh, somebody told me he was running off the tarmac to church. I don't know if that actually happened or not, but I know he got here in time to preach the word of the Lord. Uh, thank God for our, our lovely, just, just Lady Kay. She, you know, I just bless God for her life and for her ministering the word of God to us. And so I, I, I'm just here to give some conclusion to this concept of legacy. Uh, at the end, of the preparatory time of Israel. God gave Moses several instructions. He understood that while Moses was their father, and while Moses was the one that brought them out, he was the progenitor of the movement of the children of Israel out of bondage into liberty and ultimately into the promised land, he understood, God made him aware at least that he would not be able to take them all the way. And whether you believe it or not, you do not have a legacy if it stops with you. That's just your thing. But any true legacy has to go beyond the lifetime of a particular generation. And to ensure that there was continued legacy among the children of Israel, God instructs Moses. Now, here's the amazing thing. Because Moses was he was the man, he was the father, he was the leader, he was the captain, he was the chief. And any other uh, uh, title you could give him, he was it. And so remarkable to me why in the text God doesn't just tell Moses to do it. Because certainly Moses had the credentials to be able to institute this blessing. Certainly, if anybody had the seniority to, to, to do this, it would have been Moses. But why do you think God instructs Moses to instruct Aaron and have Aaron and his sons do this blessing for the people? Well, as we see in the text, we understand, and even as we read previously, we understand that God had a divine office set up for Aaron and for his children, a whole Levitical priesthood that he set in order, not to make them better than the people, but to set them apart as his servants for the people. His servants for the people. He was Aaron and his sons. They were literally 
the custodians of the Father. They were the servants of God. They were, they were called to be in the direct employ of the Almighty. And to that degree, we even study the text of the children of Israel, study the history, we would recognize that the Levites were the only ones that never got a plot of land. Why did they not get a portion? Simply because God was to be their portion. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but even at the beginning of this message, I feel like I need to let you know that there's a certain reason why you can't have it like everybody else has it. There's a certain reason why you can't do it like everybody else does it. There's a certain reason why you don't receive what everybody else receives. And that reason is because God has a divine office for you. God has a divine instruction for you. God has a divine work for you. And the reason why you can't do what everyone else does is because if you do, you will miss what God has calling you to do. So he says, This is a part of their office. This is a part of their instruction. No deep revelation there, just the fact that he wanted Aaron to do it. Can I help somebody? Because some some of you, you go real deep and you start fasting and praying when God chooses somebody else over you. Can I help you so so, so you don't don't have have any deep existential funks going on in your life? Just understand you're not them. So if I was sitting down with preachers and we wanted to, to, to chew the fat and we wanted to deal with this text, I, I would be the coolest cat in the room and say, well, because Aaron wasn't Moses and Moses wasn't Aaron. There are some things God has set aside for you to do. And can I help somebody quickly? Stop trying to push off what God told you to do onto somebody else because you think they're more qualified than you to do what God called you to do. I I just felt the Holy Spirit pushing me in that direction. It's not in my notes. But I feel like there's a few of us in here that that have been birthed with some great ideas or what you thought it was an idea, but really it was the very call of God upon your life. But because you thought about somebody else, you're considering somebody else, and you think that they're better capable to do it than you, then you will try to package up God's calling for your life and present it to them. Can I help somebody? Stop trying to pitch people your promise. My God, there's some things that got your DNA on it. There's some things that got your fingerprint on it. And watch this. Some of y'all, you've already done that and you pissed off right now because you gave it to them and they're not doing it the way that you... You say stuff cute like, well, that's not exactly what I had in mind. Stop being scared and do it yourself. And so, to move on from there. He goes on and he says, this is the benediction that I want you to give to every one of them. Please understand, there is power in the benediction. I know how parking is at Heavenly Vision. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, you know what I, I was thinking about at the beginning of the new year? Every month we're going we're gonna to raffle off my parking space. Maybe I'll do that just to show you that I love you. And, and I, want you to, I don't want you to have to walk a mile every time you come to church. I don't want you to have to walk past the weed dispensary every time you come to church. We're going to move in a minute. Don't worry about it. We're going to be all right in a minute. But, but I understand your plight. But 
don't miss the benediction. Because there is a divine blessing inserted into every benediction. The very blessing that we read here that we're looking into is an actual benediction blessing. This was to be spoken over the children of Israel every time they left the general gathering. He tells Moses, he says, he says I'm, I've given Aaron instructions on how to gather the people. I've given you instructions on how to gather the people. But before they leave to go back to their homes, before they leave to go back to their job, before they leave to go back into this hellish world, speak these words over them. Because these words are, are for them, but it's actually for their future. Oh, don't miss this. The benediction blessing, uh, it is to go into the very week ahead of you uh, and to challenge the enemy to say, even though you may have had plans for them, uh, God spoke a word of blessing over them. Uh, and so while there may be curses waiting for you in the new week, when you lift your hands and receive the benediction, uh, it goes into your new week and it cancels every curse. My God, tell somebody there's power in the benediction. You better watch out the next time you ease out of service at the office. You're like, you know, I'm like, this is something. Why did tie get flat? What is going on? How I get this? What's there's power in the benediction? But not only is there power in the benediction, when you begin to see how God instructs. Moses to write this benediction to be handed to the priest Aaron, it is one of great significance because amidst this benediction, God reveals some interesting characteristics of himself. Look at it. He says, this is what you're going to say to my people. Verse 24, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. When he makes this statement, this first statement, he is speaking to the essence of the Father. The first blessing that he speaks of is the blessing that a father speaks over his child when they are born. This is the blessing of name, the blessing of identity. And so when he says the Lord bless thee and keep thee, this is a blessing of establishment and maintenance. God says, I need my people to know that I'm going to establish them and I'm going to maintain them because I am the Lord. Don't, 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 don't miss this. He, he says, I'm their father, so I'm going to establish them. I'm going to set them up. Please don't think that your future is in the hands of people. 
I know he will use them from time to time, but I need you to understand that power belongs to God. I need you to understand that he is the establishmentarian of your life. He is the one that gave you life. The Bible says, in fact, that it is in him that we live, move, and have our being. You need to understand that he is the one that will establish you. And not only will he establish you, people of God, he will also, thank you, Jesus, maintain you. Somebody just this week got some bad news and you're trying to figure out how am I going to maintain things with the news that I received. They're not going to do what they've been doing. I'm not going to have what I have had in the past. I need you to understand that if one well dries up, please understand the God of the well is still alive. If one river stops flowing, the God of the river is still alive. You need to know That the same God that fed you with quail will fill you with manna. The same God that fed you with manna will bring water from the rock. And the same God that brought water from the rock is the same God that will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Stop looking at the issue and understand that you have a God that will maintain you. I know I got about five testimonies right now to say, listen, I got laid off a long time ago, but God has still taken care of me. I, 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 I stopped caring what people thought a long time ago, and I thought that their opinion would be my demise. But listen, I stopped caring. I stopped listening to them, and I'm still alive. You know, sometimes we have some people that, that we feel like they keep us on the planet, you know, that if they leave us, then we'll fall off the earth. But when they left you realize wait a minute I'm still standing I'm still strong the reality is is that it is God that keeps you should they be here or should they go it is God who maintains you school of ministry students where y'all at holla at me school of ministry students y'all in here y'all in here okay y'all sound sad y'all think about that test Y'all think about that test on Thursday. I'm praying for you. Okay, it's going to be all right. Multiple choice. Y'all going to make it. Amen. Y'all going to be all right. But here it is. Here, here in this text, we see something when we get into the second part of the blessing that reveals to us something miraculous. Because we see, we see Elohim, but now we see somebody else. He says... Not only will I bless you and keep you, but then, notice this. He gives another official title. He says, the Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Now here, we don't see Elohim. Here, we see Yahweh. The personalized God, the intimate God, the God that is with you. If we would go into the Greek, we would see Emmanuel, God with us. How do I know? How do I know that you mean that? Because now he begins to give humanity to divinity. God's not a person. 
But whenever we give human attributes to God, we have to assume that we are getting illusions of the human personage of God, and that is in the person of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And so now he says, not only am I going to bless you and keep you, but then I am going to... ah, I'm going to make my face shine upon you and then I'm going to be gracious to you. When he says I'm going to make my face shine upon you, he speaks of the fact that he is going to now engage with you in a personal way. Notice, he told Moses, listen, you can't see my face because if you see my face, you'll die. But here in his text, he says, I'm going to make my face. What? Upon you. Here we see something amazing. School of ministry students, you might want to write this word down because you're going to have it later. We see a triophany forming. We see representation of the father. But not only do we see representation of the Father, but now we see representation of the Son because the Bible says, I'm going to make my face shine upon thee. And not only am I going to make my face shine upon thee, I'm going to be gracious to thee. In other words, I am going to give you personal relationship and redemption. Not only... Am I going to establish you and maintain you, but I'm going to redeem you and give you relationship. I'm going to show you my face and I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to save you and then I'm going to come live with you. Thank you for the benediction, God. I can't hang here long. But then he says, if that's not enough, he says, but the Lord. But now this is not Elohim. This is not Yahweh. But lastly, here's your triophany, school of ministry students. Now we see Jehovah. He says, the Lord will lift up his countenance. Can anybody guess who who he's talking about now? He says his his countenance, his, his glow, his aura is going to, to shine around you. And give you peace. His countenance will be lifted up and it will be upon you. The Holy Ghost shall come. Oh man, we don't read Acts no more. Okay, amen. He He says, after this, my Holy Ghost, my countenance shall come upon you 
And although you're troubled right now, Jesus in Acts said, he said, he said, my spirit is going to come upon you and there's going to be a peace. My God, I'm out of here. Y'all not with me. Uh, I'm going to give you settlement and serenity. He says, I'm, I'm going to let my, my, my countenance, watch this, because before then, I, I can't hang here, church, but before then, the only person who had the Spirit of God fall upon them was Moses. And then after Moses, when Moses began to transfer his spirit, everybody who caught on to the spirit of Moses, they got it. But it had to be an interpersonal transfer. But he says, if you receive my benediction, if you receive my blessing, let me tell you what's happening. I'm going to allow my spirit to, to be lifted up upon every one of you. And when you get my spirit, you're not just going to shout. You're not just going to speak in tongues, but you're going to have some peace. My God, I don't know about anybody else. I don't need a Holy Spirit that's going to shout me in the church, but I still got to have at home I need a Holy Ghost my God that's going to allow me in the midst of hell to just have it's the Holy Ghost that keeps you from cussing folk out because you got some of y'all like right now the Holy Ghost saved me from taking them clean out it was the hope So in conclusion, he closes his benediction by saying it is imperative that my name be upon the children. Now, parents, let me make you aware. Now, yes, we know in the context of the scripture, he's talking about the children of Israel as a nation, but I do believe there are some right now implications because as you speak blessing over your children there will be an anointing over your life listen when you speak the word of the Lord upon them when you speak the word of the Lord over them when you when you give your children benediction before they walk out of your presence there is a blessing of the Lord that ensues. Y'all don't believe me because all they got scattered claps. I'm like, no, listen, I lead before them, so I'm not going to do all of that. Okay, all right, amen. Then the Lord will lift up his countenance upon them and give them peace, 27, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. Watch this. And as a result of you putting your name on me, you will bless me. My God. Some Somebody going to catch this. Somebody going to catch this. Here it is. Here it is. There is a divine blessing that happens here uh, because there was getting ready. Watch this. There, there was, there was, they were getting ready to transition. And he said, I need to know who's with me. He did it before, and he was going to do it again. Listen, before they left Egypt, he says, I'm going to send my death angel, and my death angel go touch everything but if you put blood on the door 
the death angel will see the blood and pass over her. Ah, God says in the closing of this benediction, they're getting ready to go into a world that don't care about them. They're getting ready to go into a world that don't know their name. They're getting ready to go into a world that don't respect them. But when they go into the world, put my name on them. And so when the enemy sees my name, he can't touch him. When the enemy sees my name, I don't care what you name your child. You better make sure that the name of the Lord is over their life. Is there anybody in here that says, I shall put the name of the Lord on my children. I shall put the name of the Lord on my family. The Bible says that if you do so, I... Uh, see you've been looking for somebody else to do it for you huh? but can I prophesy to somebody huh? this next blessing huh? God's going to reach his hand and he's going to bless you himself is there anybody in here huh, that believes huh, the Lord huh, when he says I will bless you God bless every one of you I don't know what you're going through this week but the Lord will bless thee I don't know what's on your desk waiting for you but the Lord will bless you I don't know what they're saying at the crib but the Lord will bless you I don't know what the doctor said, but the Lord will. Is there anybody in here that can receive the blessing of the Lord? You ought to just say, I receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance over you. And may he grant you his peace. And I hope you write his name on your children. Because he'll bless them too. He says after I get finished doing all of this for you. Put my name on them and I'll bless them too. I say after I finish doing all of this for you, put my name on them and I'll bless them too. Father, we receive your divine blessing and we ask that you would allow Every promise to be manifested in this day, in this season. God, we believe your word is true. 
And we have a legacy of blessing. We thank you for those who put your name on our lives. So that you would bless us. We thank God for them because every blessing we have is because they put your name on our lives. Now God, as parents, we pray that you would grant us all grace to put your name upon our children so that they may be blessed as well. For you said if we put your name on them, you would bless them. So we will be obedient to your word and we claim it to be done that it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Did anybody receive a word from the Lord today? Wow. Amen. That's really all I can say. If this message has impacted your walk with Christ or even gave you a desire to establish a personal relationship with him, feel free to reach out to us at amen at hvcla.com. We want to hear your story. And if there is any way that we can help, we want to be there. We love you. Have an awesome week.